Hi, friends. So today I, I titled this uh, Relapse Prevention. So, you know, holidays can be especially tough, especially Christmas, if you're alone or if you're still hoping that your family will live up to your expectations. This is a key time of year to guard against slips, slipping back into your old hurts, hang-ups, and habits. A key time to guard against relapse. Have you ever been in a family Christmas party and had a disagreement with somebody? Did you jump to the... Were you... Do you write them out of your life forever? Well, I do. Now, when you're talking to people and someone seems disinterested and walks away, do you get all riled up and uh, because they're discounting you? Well, I do. Do I ever stop to think that maybe they're just getting up to go to the bathroom? Or when you have to wait in a long lineup, especially at Christmas, does it mean that you have to get even by making a scene? Everyone waits. Waiting is not a personal assault against you. It's just old stuff being brought up in your life. I'd like to go back 36 years ago. And I, myself personally, am almost five years sober. It's New Year's Eve and my sister and my brother-in-law are coming over for supper and we're going to play cards in the evening. They show up at the door with a bottle of wine. I don't think too much about it. But then they offer me a glass of wine and I accept it. After all, what is a good host to do? Let them drink alone? Is your mind trained to forget? Mine is. One of my problems as a sober member of AA, even to this day, is honest self-deception. I can convince myself that something that is completely wrong for me is exactly the right thing to do. Just give me 45 seconds. My name is Wayne. I am a recovered alcoholic. My sobriety date is January the 1st, 1986. I've been sober 35 years, 11 months, and 7 days. Recovery is a threefold illness, physical, emotional, and spiritual. We recover first in the physical, we get abstinent, then we work on the emotional, and then and only then comes the spiritual. Relapse is just the opposite. First goes the spiritual, then the emotional, and the last thing to go is the physical. So let me give you some relapse warning signs. Let me tell you a story, then I'll tell you a story, and see if you can recognize any of the signs in my story. So the signs. Number one, feeling uneasy, afraid, and anxious. This begins to increase and serenity decreases. Two, ignoring feelings of fear and anxiety and refusing to talk about them to others. Three, having a low tolerance for frustration. Four, becoming defiant. So the rebelliousness begins to replace what has been love and tolerance. Anger becomes one ruling emotion. The isms, number five, I, myself, and me, attitude grows. Self-centered behavior begins to rule one's attitudes and feelings. Number six, increase, increasing dishonesty, where small lies begin to surface and deceptive thinking again takes over. Number seven, increased isolation and withdrawal, characterized by missing meetings. Now I'm going to tell you a true story. I said earlier that I am an alcoholic, but compulsive overeating is my primary addiction. 
Thinking back, not too long ago, I was invited to a Christmas party for a committee I was on. I'm sober and abstinent, but still my engines get fired up. A party with a buffet, lots of food, and even more Christmas baked goods. Lots of sweets. I immediately get a full-blown adrenaline rush. I just love the buzz. I get hooked on that jolt. The rockets go off in my head, and I'm living on the edge. My engines are running on a low rumble. I did not call my sponsor. I did not go to a meeting. I did not pray. I did not meditate. I willingly let my addiction lead me into that terrible darkness. The thoughts were so, so very seductive. All I could do was justify why I was going to that Christmas party. I worked hard on the committee all year. I deserved to have a good time with the boys. After all, it's all free. Free food always tastes better. And free food, as you know, doesn't have any calories, right? My engine was running on full throttle. With all the adrenaline and pizzazz of my addiction stoking the fire, I had one last moment of sanity before slipping down that well and losing what I had worked so hard to build. My engines were redlining at this point, but I felt something more powerful. At that moment, I felt something almighty, good and right. I dodged a bullet this time. I'm reminded of Matthew 14, verses 28 to 32, where Peter, one of Jesus' disciples, walked on water. It reads, Then Peter called to him, Lord, is it really you? Tell me to come to you walking on water. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over to the side of the boat and walked on the water. Jesus, <coughs> sorry, walked on water towards Jesus. But when he saw the strong winds and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped and the disciples worshipped him. You really are the Son of God, they exclaimed. As long as Peter kept his eyes on Jesus, he was able to walk on the water. Yet when he let the winds and the waves around him distract him, he began to sink. If we keep our eyes on Jesus, he will give us the strength and the power to continue in our recovery journey. Keeping our eyes on Jesus is the only way to prevent relapse. Remember earlier I said the spiritual illness is the first to go, and after that we think and we do foolish things, and only then do we pick up and we relapse. Relapse is a process rather than an event, a group of behaviors, attitudes, Feelings and thoughts develop first. Then these lead to acting out the addiction, the relapse. So let's talk about relapse prevention. I like acrostics. So we're going to talk about relapse. R, reserve a daily quiet time. E, evaluate. L, listen to Jesus. A, alone and quiet time. P, plug into God's power. S, slow down, and E, enjoy your growth. 
first letter in relapses are reserve a daily quiet time. Step 11 tells us, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. So the first step in preventing a relapse is to admit that you will be tempted, that you are not above temptation. Jesus wasn't, so why should we be? We find the account of Jesus' temptation in Matthew 14, 1 through 11. We read from the True Living Bible. Jesus was led into the wilderness to be tempted there by Satan. For 40 days and 40 nights he ate nothing and became very hungry. Then Satan tempted him to get food by changing stones into loaves of bread. It will prove you are the Son of God, he said. But Jesus told him, no, for the scriptures tell us the bread won't feed man's souls. Only by every word of God is what we need. Then Satan took him to Jerusalem to the roof of the temple. Jump off, he said, and prove you are the Son of God. Jesus retorted. It also says not to put the Lord your God to a foolish test. Next, Satan took him to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him the nations of the world and all their glory. I'll give it all to you, he said, if you only kneel and worship me. Get out of here, Satan. Scripture says, worship only the Lord God, obey only him. Then Satan went away and the angels came and cared for Jesus. The test was over, the devil left. Jesus was tempted, he never sinned, but he was tempted. Mark 12, 38 tells us, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Now, I'll say this again so I hear it. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Remember, being tempted isn't a sin. It's falling into the action of temptation that gets us into trouble. Temptation is not a sin. It's a call to battle. When we are tempted to fall back into our old hurts, hang-ups, and habits, we need to say to Satan, as Jesus did in Matthew 4.10, True Living Bible says, Get out of here. Let me evaluate. Be sure to wait. Understand how you are feeling and why you are feeling that way. You can take care of our needs in a much healthier part. H-E-A-R-T. Ask yourself if H for hurting, E, exhausted, A for angry, R for resentful, T for tense. We can find specific instructions in Romans 12, 3 through 17. Be honest with your estimation of yourself. Hate what is wrong. Stand on the side of the good. Love each other. Be patient in trouble. Do, do things in such a way that everyone can say you are honest, clear through. I will move on to L for listen. Listen to Jesus. We need to take a time out from the rat race that we find ourselves in long enough to listen to our body, to our mind, and to our soul. We need to slow down enough to hear the Lord's directions. 
like the Living Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5.21, test everything that is said to be sure it is true. And if it is, then accept it. A simpler quote of this verse in the message says, don't be gullible. Check out everything and keep only what's good. Throw out anything tainted with evil. Move along to A, alone and quiet time. Alone and quiet time is simply taking the time to focus on Jesus. The more time you spend with him, the closer you become to him. A relationship with Jesus is just like any other relationship. It requires time and commitment. Just be aware our enemy, Satan, the liar, uses whatever he can to disrupt your quiet time with God. He tells you you need to fill your schedule with so many good things that you burn out or don't have time to keep your appointment with God. The enemy loves it when he keeps us from growing and from walking work from working on the most important relationship in our lives, our relationship with Jesus. Psalm 1 verses 1 through 3 in the Good News Bible tells us, happy are those who find the joy in obeying the law of the Lord. They study it day and night. They are like trees that grow beside a stream that bear fruit at the right time. Next letter, P, plug into God's power. Just like anything in life, we cannot benefit from God's power if we don't utilize it. Imagine plugging your cell phone into a dead outlet. You may think it is charging, but as your battery continues to drain, you realize something is not working as it should. So you plug your phone into another dead outlet. It still isn't charging, and you begin to wonder if something is wrong with your phone. After several tries, you finally find an outlet that works and your phone begins to charge. We can choose to invest our time and energy in many things in this life that promise for fulfillment. It could be a relationship, a good job, or even volunteer work. Eventually, those things will let us down and we will realize that we are running on empty. Our battery is almost dead. We begin to wonder what is wrong with us. Just like we would question our phone, we think that maybe we are broken, that we can't do things on our own, that this is just the way we are. We begin to lose hope. Then we turn to Jesus. We plug ourselves into the only outlet and power source that truly gives life and find that as he recharges us, we begin to heal. We have new life and new hope. His power in us isn't an instant fix. Just like our phones take time to charge, so do we. It takes time to heal the damage that has been caused in our lives. It takes time to fight addiction and sin in our lives. It takes time to develop a relationship with Jesus and to learn how to use the power he freely gives us to those who believe in him. And the only one that truly works. In Philippians 4 6, Paul tells us to pray about everything, asking for God's perfect will in all our decisions. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God your needs and don't forget to thank Him 
for his answers. The verse says, his answers, his perfect will, not mine and not yours. S, for slow down enough to hear God's answers. We're used to a world that supplies answers to our questions in an instant. We ask Google, Siri, or Alexa a question and receive an answer in seconds. It is easy to become frustrated if we don't receive an answer from God right away. God answers our prayers in his time, not ours. He knows what is best for us, what we need, and when we need it. Be obedient and take time to listen to him. He might be trying to speak to you in ways that could be missed if you move too fast. After we spend time praying to God, we need to slow down long enough to hear his answers and directions. But we often become impatient. We want answers now. But we need to remember our timing can be flawed and God's timing is always perfect. After we pray and ask, we need to listen. God says in Job chapter 33, verse 33 in the True Living Bible, listen to me, keep silent, and I will teach you wisdom. Philippians 4, 7, True Living Bible tells us, if you do this, present your request to God, you will experience God's peace, which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. His peace will keep your thoughts and your hearts quiet and at rest as you trust in Christ Jesus. The last letter, E, enjoy your growth. Don't forget to celebrate your victories, even if they are small. Share your growth with others, as that will both encourage them and will spread the gospel of Jesus Christ to those who may desperately need to hear it. First Thessalonians 6, First Thessalonians 5, 16, uh, Good News Bible tells us, be joyful always, pray at all times, be thankful in all circumstances. This is what God wants for you in your life in union with Christ Jesus. With daily practice of these principles and with Christ's loving presence in our lives, we will be able to continue and grow in recovery and prevent relapse. Thank you for my recovery and my growth in the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening. And that's it.